has a message for liberals and the mainstream media. You can't handle the truth! So, buckle up, snowflakes, because we're about to deliver the politically direct best in conservative commentary, news, and investigative reports. We're telling the truth, and we're not gonna stop. Okay, liberals, back under the bridge with the rest of your fellow trolls, and oh yeah... Thanks for listening to Right Side Patriots. They are special, special people. On RSPRadio1.com. Welcome to Right Side Patriots on RSPRadio1.com. Craig Andreessen at the National Patriot. Diane Sorry at the Patriot Factor. It's Tuesday night, the last day of January. Welcome to it. Hello, Diane. Hello, Craig. Do you realize there are only like um, 10, I mean, 11 months till Christmas? <laughs> you know, I'm just counting down till Thursday. Ah, okay. Groundhog's no, I mean, Day. It's so funny. The stores every year, it's earlier and earlier. So why not start now? Yeah, why not? <laughs> give you, I give you a hundred reasons why not. I know. Uh, so I start know starting with you know. By the time Christmas rolls around, I'm so sick of Christmas. I don't even care. <laughs> I know. Well, you know, my favorite decorating holiday is Halloween. Well, mine is Groundhog's Day, and that's coming up this Thursday. Ah, okay, interesting. Yeah, I love decorating for Groundhog's Day because you don't have to do a damn thing. Ah, well, I love Halloween, not because I do black and orange. I don't. I do black and purple, and I have all these witch dolls, beautiful dolls. I mean, porcelain, they're they're beautiful. Um, But I just think it's kind of a hoot. (laughs) Well, it it kind of is. Folks, I got to tell you, we're starting off tonight with uh, breaking news. Uh, Diane Sori has come out of the closet. (laughs) No, folks, don't think, don't, please don't think that I am straight. <laughs> what Craig is alluding to is yesterday we come home from shopping and I'm sitting working at the desk, going about dinner, then uh, watching uh, Jeopardy. And I decide, okay, I've had it for the night. I'm tired. Go into my closet to get nightgowns and stuff. I can't open the closet door. I call my husband. You better come here. Something's wrong. I can't open the door. Well, it turned out there was a reason Uh the door couldn't open. (laughs) The entire walk-in closet, all the racks and the, the clothing poles and boxes of hats and shoes and everything had come crashing down, obviously, when we were out. So now, California Closets has another customer. Well, Diane calls me this morning looking for sympathy. 
and uh she you know she called the right place because i am nothing if not sympathetic uh oh, yes. after listening to the the whole story i said you should really apply for fema disaster relief <laughs> <laughs> i mean i i really can laugh about it now because you know in the scope of things in people's lives you know having everything in your closet just fall to the floor. It's no big deal, except, you know, it takes out the parts of the wall and, and all sorts of stuff. And, you know, there is going to be expense for California to come and rebuild the closet the way I want it. But in the scope of things, it's, it's nothing. But last night I was like, Oh my God. And, and the funniest thing was I was more concerned, not about the clothes and the shoes, but my wedding dress was at the bottom of the pile. Well, of course it was. Yeah. Oh, yeah. By, by the way, Diane, before I forget it, the History Channel called. They want to feature you on their next engineering disaster show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, folks, what he's alluding to is... Um, you know, the, the political is what I do now, but my actual training is I am a interior decorator, an interior designer. And when we built this house that we're in, I designed the whole house. I even designed the closet. However, just because I'm a designer doesn't mean I'm an engineer. <laughs> yeah, well, that, that came to light last night. Oh, it sure yeah. did. But enough about that. Yeah, I mean, you know, yeah, it, it was so funny because Diane, you know, she calls, Skypes me uh, this morning, and you wouldn't believe what happened as she goes into the whole thing, and I'm just sitting here trying not to laugh. <laughs> but he did I, laugh. But I did. I couldn't. I couldn't help it. Um, that too shall pass, Diane. I know. I yeah. know. Hey, when they come next week, uh, the only shock I'll have is the bottom line right but right. it's it's something that it, it has to be done this is a walk-in closet i there's and no it, shelves and, oh, and, it's, and it's california <clears throat> california closets right yeah so don't be surprised yeah. if all your clothes hang on the left side that's true <laughs> they were the first ones in this business but what's really funny is they said is there any way you can temporarily rebuild the closet so we can est- can see the amount of, you know, compartments you're going to need, really. So we spent the whole day reconstructing the closet. But, of course, um, the, the way everything collapsed, I couldn't get everything that was in there in there now because I'm not an engineer. And uh, so when they come in, I have to tell them, well, this isn't everything. There's there's actually more. There's actually more. <laughs> well, I mean, they'll figure it out. Yeah. 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 They'll, they'll figure it out. Folks, enough we, about my coming out of the closet, please. We, we've, got, we've got a good show for you tonight. Diane, you're talking about the blame game continues. Yes, absolutely. And I've got TV ads, oppressed black people, and omelets. Yeah, it's an interesting title, folks. It's an interesting uh, commentary. But before we get to all of that, we do have quick hitters. And Biden now says that the COVID emergency will come to an end 
on May 11th. Now, isn't it odd? Where did May 11th come from? You know, I, I, I so- assume he's following the science. Uh, I guess. And, um, <laughs> you know, wasn't it a couple of months ago he said it was over? Then it be- came back on again because China had the variants and everything. But now it's over again. Yeah, like, and you buy into all this stuff. Yeah, your minds. Uh, it's on a Thursday. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, because all good pandemics end on Thursdays. Well, I don't I, know. I, I mean, did, yeah. didn't the Spanish flu end on a Thursday? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Well, I've come to a conclusion. Okay. And I think it's time people really understand where we're coming from, especially as more and more. Uh, vaccine boosted people are coming down with COVID, including our accountant, who we just found out today, triple vaxxed, triple boosted, got a horrible case of COVID. Oof. What COVID is, and I've been saying it all along, we need to stop calling it a pandemic and call it what it was a biological attack, courtesy of China. Well, and, I, you know, honestly, I don't think they're done. I don't think they're done either. You know, and, and now we've got news that Pfizer has been messing around with it. You know, Pfizer, the, the one of the companies that does the vaccines that don't work, um, right. they've been messing around with their own style of research and um, gain of function is almost what it is or what it sounds like. And uh, so who knows what they're doing? (sighs) This whole thing has been manipulated. And we have been lied to since day one. President Trump was lied to. As soon as Fauci opened up his mouth for the first time, if they had just allowed it to run its course, you would not see what you're seeing now. Right, And I don't want to hear it would be worse. It wouldn't. Because how come us, the unvaccinated, the unboosted, the unmasked, the ones who went about their lives, why are we still COVID-free? Well, I mean... I mean, I can, t- I can tell you why. Well, it has yeah. to do with T-cells and immunity. But, I mean... Lately, all you hear about is more and more young athletes dropping dead on the field, and they've been faxed or boosted. You're hearing about people getting it two, three, four times, some people, and well, they're still I mean, lining up for the newest booster? Well, it seems like every time some people get a booster, they come down with a different case of COVID. Right, a different variant. Their immune systems are so out of whack. Their DNA has been changed to such a degree that their immune system cannot recognize this anymore, so it's overtaking them. It's it's nuts, but mark your calendars. Folks, mark your calendars. May 11th, the end of the COVID emergency. Yes, Yes, and and I like what one of these, um, I guess he's a reporter somewhere, his name is Phil Kirpin, he's a free market policy analyst, he actually said Biden announces three plus more months of fake COVID emergency on the eve of the first ever House vote on immediate 
determination. <laughs> yep. Yeah, well, there you go. Uh, meanwhile, if you uh, take a look at Arizona, uh, there's a woman there, a uh, parent, a mother, who was elected to a school board. I believe it's in Peoria, Arizona. It is. And, Peoria uh, Unified School District. Right. And she got a look at the new science curriculum and leaked it. Why? Good for her. Because... It is basically pushing that the science curriculum is now going to state that biological sex is not binary. I got word, you know, news for these people and who's ever writing these books. You can change the outward appearance. You can mess with the inside a little bit. But until you can change one's DNA, it's nothing but play acting. Well, it's method acting. You know, t- uh, take it to, nuts. Yeah, well, or not, mm-hmm. <laughs> depending on which way you go. Um, you know, it, look, she's she's very much in the right to have leaked this, and of course, it's drawing the ire of liberals uh, in Arizona and, and, for that matter, in other places in the country, because now the news is out that they tried to sneak this into the curriculum. Uh, in new science books, and and this woman is like, oh no, this isn't science. No, this it is, isn't. This is make believe fairy dust. It's propaganda. It's liberal left propaganda. And by the way, her name is Heather Rooks. Yeah, and she's a parent who got elected to the school board, and a parent who you know has some working brain cells. I mean, this is this is ridiculous. Well, you can't change. Your agenda, it's DNA determined. When you can change DNA, we'll talk about it. But until that time, which probably will never happen, you're either a male or a female. Look, this goes a little bit deeper than having just been elected. Okay. Uh, What spurred her to run for the school board was that as a parent, she showed up at school board meetings and she wasn't allowed to talk. You know, I mean, because they didn't want to hear what she had to say. And so she ran for the school board. She won. And uh, now she has a seat on the inside. And she says, now that I'm on the inside, I can speak up. Right. You know, and so, look, the liberals hate it. They absolutely hate it because a parent with common sense got on the school board and is exposing the indoctrination techniques right it's it's everywhere folks it's in our faces every day but the problem is the masses are buying into the propaganda i think craig really out of fear well i think so because if you don't you're going to get canceled exactly and 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 people fear that and and in some cases I'll be perfectly honest, they fear it for good reason, because if they don't go along with the propaganda, if they don't go along with the liberal agenda, they stand a chance of losing their jobs. Yeah. Depending on how woke the company is they work for, if word gets out that, hey, this person thinks that there are only two genders, oh my God. I mean, they, they could lose their job, they could lose their livelihood and turn lose 
their homes, you know, because they then they can't pay the mortgage. And, I mean, so in part, I can understand why people hold back and they have some fear and they kind of go along with it out of fear of speaking up and getting called out. But I got to tell you, folks, this stuff is not going to stop until we all take a stand and say no more. Right. It's to the point of ridiculousness, just like the ones, you know, oh, uh, my partner, the partner is a man and my husband, you know, two men. We just gave birth to a baby. No, you didn't. Because the one who gave birth to the baby is a woman pretending to be a man. Right. Right. I mean, men don't have uteruses. They can't become pregnant. Plain and simple. They don't have ovaries. They cannot become pregnant. And as of now, we really don't uh, transplant those parts. Now, now let, me, let, me ask let me ask you. Are you sure of that? And the reason I ask is because so many liberal men seem to have PMS. Ah, oh, yeah. They have BMS, brain. <laughs> the B stands for brain. Yeah, I mean, I mean there's, I'm just saying. Yeah, it, it's ridiculous what our country is becoming. Uh, speaking of education systems, an institution of uh, or, or I should say, an asylum of higher indoctrination, right. otherwise known as a university, uh, had a law school that had a certain name. It was named after uh, a benefactor going all the way back into the 1800s. And this benefactor has given a lot of money uh, while, you know, back when, when this guy was alive, gave a lot of money to the university. And then after... Uh, you know, in, in all the years, the 150 years, 160 years since this guy uh, was alive, the family has continued to support the university to the point where the university named the law school after the original benefactor. Now, it's come out that this guy was a slave owner. So guess what? They have removed his name from the school. And Diane, what is the family saying about that? Oh, well, this is absolutely ridiculous. The man, his name is Thomas C. Williams. And this started in 1846 when he attended Richmond College. And by the 1880s, he actually became a trustee. And eventually, um, Richmond College became the University of Richmond in 1920. And Like Craig said, the law school became T.C. Williams School of Law. The problem is they want to change the name strictly because of, like Craig said, the man owned slaves. Well, guess what? At the time, you know, when he was alive and doing these things, the mid-1800s, a lot of people owned slaves in the South. Right. But now, now his family, his descendants, oh yeah, they're they're saying, well, okay, uh, if you're going to take his name off the school, we want our fifty-one million dollars back. Exactly. And you know what? Because the University of Virginia Richmond at Richmond is so woke, they'll probably give it to them. Well, I hope they do because look. 
if if you say, well, we can't we can't have his name on the on the law school, well, then you don't need the family's money either. Exactly. You know, and you can't actually, have it both ways. Right. And actually, he personally did not own slaves. His successful tobacco business owned 25 to 40 slaves. Right. So it was one of his businesses that owned slaves. But God forbid, you know, by osmosis, he personally owned slaves. Well, and, and you know, you, you're looking at 160-some years, you know, down downwind of, of all of this. And the family uh, has continued to support the school to the right. tune of $51 million. I mean, that's right. that's a pretty good chunk of change. And, you know, now the school, uh, you know, Richmond University, says, oh, well, you know, since we found out that, you know, he was uh, connected to slavery in some way. We can't have the school named after him. Well, then give back the damn money. Here's my question, and, and we, you know, there's pretty good chance we'll never know, but how many people that made that decision regarding the Richmond University, how many of the higher-ups there have family from that area that own slaves? Probably a lot. So are they going to all resign now? I guess they're going to be forced to. You know, if, if the school can't bear the man's name, they shouldn't be there either. You know, we go back to the same thing as many times before. Every race, every creed, every color, every nationality, every religion at one time or another in their history has been slaves. Everybody has moved on, except, you know. Yep. There are people, people who never, people who never were slaves expect us to pay them retributions because in their history, one of their ancestors was a slave. Uh uh-uh. uh. Sorry. Doesn't, Doesn't work. work that way. Well, first of all, how do you decide? Who gets reparations? Okay, I mean, and and I, I, it sounds like kind of a flippant question, but it's not really because if if you look through the family's histories, you're going to find some black people in America who were not related or had ancestors that were slaves. You're going to find some black people in America whose ancestors in Africa actually gathered up the slaves and sold them to the slave traders. So who's really getting the money here? Well, you know, that's the bottom line. People need to understand that the originators of slavery were their own tribal chiefs right? who sold their own people into slavery. And, and that fact, that is a fact that's missing from most history books. You know, now you've got... You know, a lot of mixed race, mm-hmm. you know, uh, part black, part white people. Obama, um, you know, is is one that jumps to mind immediately. But yeah. well, what if on the white side of their family, they've got slave owners 150, 170 years ago? Do they get reparations? 
They shouldn't. They shouldn't, but but I guarantee you they'll demand them. First of all, nobody, not one black person who was never a slave deserves one cent of reparations. There you go. Finally, in the quick hitters, is Ron DeSantis prepping for a run in 2024? I say yes. Well, I think today's latest development has me now leaning to the yes. He had always, you know, told us Floridians he will make his announcement come May. And it depends on the the uh, uh, Florida session in the the House and the Senate, see how that goes. He's pushing for constitutional carry and another couple of hot topic items. And he's always said, you know, of course, it also depends on my wife's health, that her remission stands and all that. Well, today we get word that for the first time, Ron DeSantis has publicly criticized Donald Trump for all the nasty things he's been saying about him. And and that has turned me into thinking he's ready. Not only that, but DeSantis is also starting to gather up people for uh, an executive campaign staff. Yes. So I'm telling you, he's running. I'm telling you. If he runs, I'll volunteer to, to... do part of his South Florida campaign. I don't get me wrong, folks. If Trump gets the nomination, Trump has my vote. But DeSantis and President Trump. DeSantis is President Trump without the baggage, the name calling, the Twitter finger. He has the same basic policies. That's why we're the free state of Florida. And more and more people, governors from other states, are saying, we'll support DeSantis if he runs, yeah. including big money benefactors. Now, I've got a, I've got a brilliant idea. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Governor DeSantis, Ron, uh, if, if you're listening, and we're sure you are, Mm-hmm. <laughs> Make your announcement. You said he's going to announce in May. Make your announcement on May. Sorry. Make your announcement on May 11th. That's the the day the COVID emergency ends and you can steal every headline. Oh, yes, you can, especially because our COVID emergency ended quite a ways ago. Yep. And, And he can tout that. He can say, yeah, you know. Uh, Biden is ending the COVID emergency today, but I ended it in my state a couple of years back. And, yeah, I mean, look, if you're going to make the announcement in May, make it on the 11th. Yeah. Ste- steal the thunder, grab the headlines, screw Biden, and announce your run all at the same time. Oh, that would be great. But you know triggered this whole thing um recently president trump had done a rally in south carolina just this past saturday right and instead of talking about all the great things he did as president and the and the great things he would do if he was re-elected president 
he was taking shots at Ron DeSantis and saying, and this is a quote, when I hear that he might run, I think it's very disloyal. Please, Donald, tell me, why is that disloyal? Well, he says he made Ron DeSantis. You know, he said, he said he Ron made- DeSantis would have never become governor if it wasn't for me. Well, uh, okay. But, I don't believe you know, that. That's pretty I, well, egotistical. I, I don't believe it either, but you know, I'm just telling you what the guy says, right? At this point, it, we're coming up on 2024. It's a whole new ball game. And right now, Ron DeSantis is the governor of the state that everybody in, in the red states wishes they had for their governor. Exactly. So and why he's not doing make the run? more this week? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it, the hypocrisy here is, to me, is kind of astounding. Because here it is, you have the most successful state in the country. And I'm not talking economically. I'm talking all the way around. If DeSantis decides to run, and some people here in Florida are very concerned, oh, my God, we'll lose our great governor. Hold on a minute. Jeanette Nunes, our uh, lieutenant governor, is Ron DeSantis in a dress. You're not losing your governor. You're getting the same leadership from her. So I don't know what the big fear is here. You know, there's an old saying, you have to attack, I believe it says attack when the going is good. And this is a perfect time for Ron DeSantis to step in. I agree. Because with the Biden scandals, many Trump people, as much as, like I said, we will vote for him, we're not happy with some of the things he's done lately. Well, you know, look, it's all going to shake out in the next few months. I, I've been saying he's going to run uh, since November. So Yeah, I, you have. And, and I stand by it. But, Diane, we've gotten to the bottom of the hour here. That means we got to take a quick break. Yes, we do. Because we got a lot more show to come. About 30 minutes from now, I'm talking about TV ads, oppressed black people, and omelets. But when we come back from the bottom of the hour break, Diane has it with The Blame Game Continues. Stay with us. There's more Right Side Patriots after this. You're listening to Right Side Patriots Radio, the best in conservative commentary, news, and talk, where we do away with the politically correct nonsense and give you the politically direct truth. This is the home of Right Side Patriots every Tuesday and Friday night from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern with Craig Andreessen and Diane Sori. We're working to make this country great again from the right and leaving puddles of melted snowflakes on the left. Thanks for listening to Right Side Patriots, your best bet on the Internet. You're listening to RSPRadio1.com. Hi guys, Diane Sorry from The Patriot Factor on thepatriotfactor.blogspot.com where I found a home base seven years ago after becoming one of Facebook's long-time Facebook felons or so I've been told by the Facebook gods. 
On my blog, you will find not only my articles, but our Right Side Patriots investigative reports, as well as stories and links to and from well-known writers and bloggers, plus what I call almost daily memes, my snarky take on news of the day. And for more great takes on the issues of the day, check out The National Patriot at thenationalpatriot.com, where you can read Craig's insight into all the current news happenings. And join us both on Right Side Patriots every Tuesday and Friday night from 7 to 9 p.m. EST at rspradio1.com. Welcome back to Right Side Patriots on rspradio1.com. Craig Andreessen at the National Patriot. Diane Sorry at the Patriot Factor. If you miss any part of tonight's show, all you have to do is go to rspradio1.com tomorrow morning, click the podcast button, the whole show, and nothing but the show. Well, actually, there's a whole lot of shows, but this whole show and all the rest will be right there waiting for you. Yes, it will. All right, Diane, so uh, we've got a couple of pretty good blocks on the show coming up here tonight. Why don't you kick it off with The Blame Game Continues? Okay. So many love to place blame on others, yet those who do so are the very ones who refuse to accept blame for occurrences even of their own doing. And no one person or group is the masterful orchestrator of the blame game more so than are today's Democrats. In fact, Democrat failures and promises broken are of epic proportion, yet those failures always seem to be the Republicans' fault. Take, for example, that our economy is in a shambles due to Biden's disastrous policy failures, what with inflation at a 40-year high and gas prices being laughable at best, for OPEC, that is. Our strategic petroleum reserves are dangerously low, and our southern border is in such a mess that why do we even have a border at all, which for all intents and purposes we do not, at least not for the time being, that is. Now, in regards to the border, about 10 days ago, the U.S. Customs and Border Protection officially released the number of those who illegally crossed into our country in December 2022. Numbers to the tune of Border Patrol agents and immigration officials having over 251,487 so-called encounters with illegal persons. I will not call them immigrants nor migrants for these folks for the most part, or anything but. One quarter of a million illegals compri- uh, comprising an invading army of sorts crossed into our country in that one single month alone, not including the over 70,000 so-called gotaways, gotaways who are now freely roaming America's streets, 70,000 including drug dealers, gun dealers, murderers, rapists, and God only knows what else, with even even a bona fide terrorist or two, or three, or most likely more, thrown in for good, or should I say bad measure. And while the numbers stated were not only a record-breaking monthly high, said numbers were actually the highest number ever, a record that even now is set to be broken, what with seven 117,600 plus illegal encounters in the first three months of fiscal year 
2023 alone. And that's not including the newest batch of gotaways. And Craig, if those numbers stay on track, it's projected that fiscal year 2023 will see roughly 2.9 million illegals crossing our southern border with most not legally eligible for asylum. The numbers are staggering. I mean, if you look at them, the the numbers you just quoted are absolutely staggering. But given all those numbers, at least the liberals know who's at fault, right? I mean, they're 100% certain they've got this figured out. Right. Well, of course, you know, it's obvious who the Democrats blame for those numbers. Republicans, of course, and most especially President Trump. No matter the fact that during his years in office, his numbers alone show that illegal successfully crossed our southern border was at an all-time low. In fact, in February 2019, uh, 97,000 illegals crossed our border according to U.S. Customs and Border protection data. And of those, 70,100 plus were actually turned away. So why do Democrats continue to blame Republicans and especially President Trump for the now ever increasing number of folks illegally still entering our country today? It's simply because when Biden dismantled most of Trump's initiated border policies, policies he put in place in order to regain control of the situation at our southern border, Trump exposed a system both rife with fraudulent asylum claims along with a seemingly unending backlog of cases. And Democrats could not and would not accept this fact that their deliberately broken immigration policies were being reversed back to what were long-standing, on-the-books immigration laws that actually worked. And with the bonus for Republicans being a decrease in the number of illegals being given Democrat-marked voter cards upon entry, the Democrats were literally beside themselves for an increase in Democrat votes is what the border is really all about. And besides the border, of course, Republicans do get the blame for our economy basically being in the toilet. For no matter how much Biden bloviates about an increase in jobs numbers, the fact is that the record, the recent small rise in said numbers is simply due to holiday part-time hiring, coupled with some folks being forced to take on more than one job just to pay for a carton of eggs. And simply, Craig, our economy is that bad because we are indeed now in a recession, no matter the Democrats saying we are not, or at least they're not willing to admit it yet, which is something they might never do. Well, of course, they'll never admit it. Come on. I mean, where, where are we getting here? You know, the word recession is something that, you know, most people have heard before and if you're old enough you've heard it going all the way back to the 60s and 70s but most people probably don't even know what actually quantifies a recession can you clear some of that up so people understand it better 
I sure can, and I'm going to tell you the truth, which is a very hard pill for Democrats to swallow. Simply, the definition of a recession is when a significant decline in economic activity occurs, leaving a nation's economy to experience negative gross domestic product, GDP, over a given back-to-back period of time. Coupled with rising levels of unemployment, falling retail sales, and what's called contracting measures of income and manufacturing also occurring within a given but extended period of time. And while recessions are actually a normal part of the business cycle, as in the regular cadence of expansion and contraction that occurs in a nation's economy, in today's Democrat-initiated economic cycle, we the people as well as the country and our economy itself have become victims of their out-of-control spending, which has directly led to excessive debt piling up as witnessed by both the national debt and debt ceiling cap continuing to rise. And with us still being in the throes of inflation, along with a corresponding rise in interest rates, all this, when put together, means we the people could be facing the very real possibility that in time deflation which is when prices decline over too short a period of time, causing wages to contract, thus further depressing prices as both people and businesses stop spending. And this will leave us to see an already bad economic situation becoming even worse. So, Craig, how did the tax and spend Democrats create the current recession we now find ourselves in? Simply by Biden's reversing the highly successful economic policies that President Trump put in place when he assumed office back in 2016. And when you couple that with the Democrats' out-of-control government spending and their believing, or they're at least crossing their fingers behind their backs, that running up the national debt has little to no consequences. The disastrous state of our economy now finds itself in clearly does rest on Democrat shoulders. And yet they again blame President Trump and the Republicans. But why blame Trump? Because to Democrats, Donald J. Trump remains now and forever the villain who stopped Hillary Clinton from not only becoming America's first woman president, but a president who would outwardly and ever so happily initiate in full Barack Hussein Obama's fundamentally transforming socialist agenda as America's new everyday norm. Well, you mentioned it there, but I think you need to go into it a little bit more deeply, maybe. The political ideology that fails every place and every time it's used is really the calling card for the Democrats right now, right? Exactly. Because you have to remember, folks, after all, everything for the Democrats is about wanting government control over the masses, a social agenda, and especially a socialist-based economic system would do just that. And then, folks, there's the matter of our strategic petroleum reserves, our so-called rainy day fund of oil, a manipulative tool now being used by the Biden administration in the applying of both domestic and foreign policy. 
Established in the 1970s to help reduce the impact of disruptions in uh, supplies of petroleum-based products, as well as to aid those here in the U.S. and elsewhere in times of natural disasters, these federally owned oil stockpiles, which used to be at a high of 714 million gallons stored before Joe Biden took office, dropped to 405 million barrels by mid-October 2020. Its lowest level since 1986. And why? Because Biden has not been able to replenish these reserves due to his halting all domestic oil drilling and gas leases, plus his canceling of the Keystone Pipeline on his very first day in office, all being done in the name of his and the Democrats' nonsensical, anti-drilling, anti-American climate change agenda. Remember, Just like with Obama, Biden cannot and must not allow our nation to become energy independent like it was under President Trump. America's enemies, and especially Obama, his now and forever puppet master, would not like that at all. And so the man who in 2022 not only shipped millions of reserve barrels overseas, including selling one million plus barrels to a Chinese government owned gas company that routinely not only buys Russian oil, but where his infamous son Hunter has engaged in years of potentially criminal business activity. And Joe Biden also released millions of barrels here at home in a doomed-to-fail attempt to reduce inflation, doomed because prices at the pump had actually begun rising again. And Craig, this is the same man who not only bought into the hype that it's America who needs to address worldwide oil supply, so-called imbalances, but who will continue to diminish our much-needed strategic oil supply in the name of oil equity. Well, I can tell them where they can put their oil equity, but aren't the Democrats also blaming Trump for something so outlandish? I mean, yeah, all, all this blame is, is completely misplaced to begin with. Yes. But when you get down to this oil reserve business, there's a, an extra caveat that they're pointing at Trump and saying he's to blame for, right? Exactly. And I mean, it's, because, this is insane. Well, what the Democrats are actually claiming right now is that it's Republicans and President Trump who must shoulder that blame for our oil reserves running so low and not Joe Biden. And simply why? Because Trump did not replenish said reserves while in office. But the fact is that President Trump did indeed try to replenish the reserves, especially it being a time when oil prices were low. But the Democrats relished in stopping him by cutting the funds needed to do so, cutting the funds out of their massive stimulus spending bill. It was included in, while at the same time claiming the request for said funds was nothing but a Trump bailout for the oil industry, which it clearly was not. And if Trump had been able to do what he proposed, we taxpayers would have saved millions and I should say billions, actually, of dollars by us having remained energy independent, the very thing the Democrats and Biden's puppet master Obama would not and could not allow. 
And so the Democrats' blame game against Republicans and President Trump continues on, and always will. But it's not just because of the fundamental ideological and political differences between the two parties, but because, as things stand now, with a lack of personal responsibility becoming the new accepted societal norm, coupled with the Democrats' laissez-faire attitude of anything goes, our country will remain an America most of us no longer recognize. And with that, 2024 cannot come fast enough. Case closed. You know, it it really is amazing. When you look at everything they're blaming on Trump and the Republicans, Trump and the Republicans had nothing to do with it. I mean, at at the point that all this stuff went down, the Democrats had total control of Congress, and with Biden in the White House, they've got control of the executive branch as well. You make a good, a, a really good point, and it should not go without notice that you know you look especially at the border numbers. Mm-hmm. Trump had the lowest illegal border crossings since records have been kept. Absolutely, and so that continued until literally the day he was out of office. When Biden took over, those numbers skyrocketed, and I mean skyrocketed in a hurry. Well, there was a reason for that, because, you know, everybody jokes about them getting driver's licenses and voter's cards, but the fact is, it's true. It is. That's that's exactly what was going on. They cross the border, they're handed a voter card, you know, with D on it for Democrat. This has always been about garnering Democrat votes to keep them in power. Right, but the mess at the border now is Trump's fault. See, the the Democrats right now, they're saying, well, we inherited a broken border system. No, you didn't. No, you, didn't. Inher- you inherited the most secure border we've had in history. Right, exactly. You know, and, and you, you, same thing when it comes to the oil reserves. You know, I mean, you know, here's Trump as president saying, you know, oil's at an all-time low per barrel. We should refill our oil reserves on cheap oil, right. which makes perfect sense. But the Democrats controlling Congress while he was in office said, oh, no, you don't. You're, you're not going to have that win uh, on your tally sheet. We're not going to give you the money. Now they say, well, the reason our oil reserves are so low, never mind that Biden's been selling it off to foreign countries. Never mind that. The reason it's so low now is because Trump didn't replenish it when he had the chance. (laughs) Insanity. It's called passing the buck, really. And it's because they they refuse to take responsibility for their own actions because they see their actions as altruistic. They're getting votes. They're going to stay in power. They're going to help the people. But you know what? We the people could do without your help. But the problem here also is that even places like Fox News continue to call these people immigrants or migrants. They are neither. These people are criminals. They know they are crossing our border illegally and they don't care. The definition of someone who breaks the law is criminal. Well, if these illegals are doing that, Knowing our laws, they're criminals. Say what they are. But I have even a better solution. Okay. 
maybe it's time as they come flooding across the border. You shoot a couple of warning shots in the air. If that doesn't turn them back, this is an invading army. Maybe a few need to be made examples of. Well, I'll tell you what. I I have absolutely no disagreement with that whatsoever. In, in fact, I've been advocating opening fire at the border for years. Mm-hmm. Okay. Here's the thing. If you're going to insist, you Democrats, if you're going to insist that January 6th was an insurrection, what the hell do you think is going on at the border right now? They they see it as a welcome at, you know, you're, you're going to become dependent on us. You don't bite the hand that feeds, clothes, house, and, and medically treats you. So here's your Democrat voting card. This is all we ask in return. What they're doing is basically inviting them in. And with all the freebies and welfare and everything like that, they're blackmailing them to stay and vote Democratic. Well, if you want to know how well that's worked out over the years, folks, look at any deep blue city in a deep blue state. Look at Detroit. Uh-huh. Look at Chicago. Look at Los Angeles, Oakland, Portland, um, Seattle, um, Atlanta. You know, the list just goes on and on. Memphis. You know, look look at all those cities, and for the last 70 years, 65 to 70 years, the Democrats have told people in those cities, we're your only hope. If you right. vote for us, we will save you. We will fix your problems. And look at where those cities are after 65 to 70 years of those promises. They're in the toilet, like the economy. Yeah. I mean, you know, if, if you want to see... What that gets you, just look at one of those cities. Any one of them. Doesn't matter. Take your pick. Right. It's it's a sorry state of affairs we find ourselves in. And the fact that so many people are now complaining, especially about prices, you know, like eggs. I made a joke about eggs, but uh, the price of eggs is absolutely insanity, About you know, at this point. And... This whole thing, it just reeks of stupidity that 74, I mean, I'm sorry, 80 million people actually voted for this man. Yeah, yeah, I can't. I'm sorry, I can't buy into that. I can't buy into it. I'm sorry, I can't. There, there, definitely, I don't care what the Democrats say. There was voter fraud because... Like the old adage goes, it doesn't matter who votes, it's who counts the votes. And you notice every one of the problems in 2020 didn't happen with the process of voting, but it happened with the tabulation of those votes. Right, exactly. Now, you mentioned eggs, okay, and and, and the price of eggs. I mentioned eggs in my commentary coming up here in a few minutes. But last night, I was watching Tucker Carlson. Okay. Okay, and Tucker did a a, a segment on the price of eggs, mm-hmm. and it's staggering what he found out. And you know, the, right now there's no way to prove it, but you and I don't believe in coincidences, so no. you know, figure it out. This this whole egg thing is starting to look like it's been manufactured. 
Okay. Now, oh, now yeah. yeah, but but here's here's part of the thing. He had a couple of different egg farmers on his show last night. Okay. And these egg farmers, they haven't their their hens have not been laying eggs for almost a year. They haven't been oh, laying wow. eggs. Okay. Um, they they used to get a lot, a lot, a lot of eggs, and now they haven't been getting any. And what these these two farmers are not connected. Uh, one one was a guy, one was a woman. Um, they did a little research on their own, and they changed what they were feeding their chickens. Oh, I read about that. And yeah. all of a sudden, the chickens started laying eggs like never before. Yeah. Now, previously, when the chickens were not laying, they were both feeding Purina chicken food to their yep. chickens. Mm-hmm. They they left that, went to a local brand, a local, you know, whatever, wherever they were, local stores, and got chicken food that was not from Purina, and all of a sudden their chickens started laying eggs again. You can't yep. tell me there's not a connection there. Of course there is. Now, but if that's the case, who's to say the government isn't telling Purina you got to put some additive in there that'll prevent the chickens from laying eggs so we can artificially inflate the price. Exactly. I, I don't put anything past the Democrats. I'm no, sorry, you can't. I don't. You can't at this no. point. <laughs> you know, but I mean, when, when you've got two independent uh, chicken farmers from different parts of the country telling you the same thing. Their chickens weren't laying eggs when they were eating Purina, and now they are when they're not eating Purina. It, it, it doesn't take a, a chicken scientist to make the connection. Well, I'll even go one step further, and I don't put this past the Democrats. Somebody at Purina with loyalties to the Democrats could have been fixing the feed with the company actually not knowing. You know, now Purina... They said, oh, no, it's not us. Well, of course they're going to say that, even if it is, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and like you say, they may not even know it. They right. may not even know that, that you know, the product has been tampered with. Exactly. But, but you know, you got to look at this and you go, hey, if they're eating Purina and not laying eggs, and then they're not eating Purina and they are laying eggs, you, you got to figure there's some connection there. <sighs> I know. It's, e, e, two and two still equals four, especially when you don't use common core. Two right. and two was four. There were too many coincidences, too much going on in this country today to just take something at face value. Yeah, you can't, you just can't believe what, you know, when, when you see the evidence, you got, you got to go with the evidence. Yeah, and sometimes what you see isn't all the evidence. Right, that's true, too. Folks, the uh, the op-ed from Diane this week, The Blame Game Continues, is available now if you go to thepatriotfactor.blogspot.com or RSP Radio 1, <coughs> excuse me, rspradio1.com. You can get the link either place. Uh, see the numbers for yourself, read through it, and share the link as far and as wide as you can. 
Yes. That's the whole idea. With that, we've made it to the top of the hour. That means we got to take a top of the hour break. Uh, and and I got to get some water because I'm parched. So okay. while we do the top of the hour break, I'm going to fill up my water bottle. And then when we come back, we'll be talking about TV ads, oppressed black people, and omelets. I like the omelets part. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Who doesn't like a good omelet, right? Right. Stay with us, folks. There's more Right Side Patriots after this. Hi, guys. Diane Sorry from The Patriot Factor on thepatriotfactor.blogspot.com, where I found a home base seven years ago after becoming one of Facebook's longtime Facebook felons, or so I've been told by the Facebook gods. On my blog, you will find not only my articles, but our Right Side Patriots investigative reports, as well as stories and links to and from well-known writers and bloggers, plus what I call almost daily memes, my snarky take on news of the day. And for more great takes on the issues of the day, check out The National Patriot at thenationalpatriot.com, where you can read Craig's insight into all the current news happenings. And join us both on Right Side Patriots every Tuesday and Friday night from 7 to 9 p.m. EST at rspradio1.com. You're listening to Right Side Patriots Radio, the best in conservative commentary, news, and talk where we do away with the politically correct nonsense and give you the politically direct truth. This is the home of Right Side Patriots every Tuesday and Friday night from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern with Craig Andreessen and Diane Sori. We're working to make this country great again from the right and leaving puddles of melted snowflakes on the left. Thanks for listening to Right Side Patriots, your best bet on the Internet. You're listening to RSPRadio1.com. Welcome back to Right Side Patriots on RSPRadio1.com. Craig Andreessen at the National Patriot. Diane Sorry at the Patriot Factor. We're getting you through the Tuesday night edition of the show. Final segment of the show tonight. If you miss any part of it, go to rspradio1.com tomorrow morning. Click the podcast button and be a pod person. Yes. Pod people are cool. They are cool. Coolest people out there. Mm-hmm. All right. So... I, you know, I, I, from time to time, will sit down and watch television, usually in the middle of the night when I'm not sleeping, but should be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, and there's something that you can't help but notice when, when you watch TV, and it's, it's the advertising. So I put together a commentary, TV ads, oppressed black people, and omelets. Now, recently, Dr. Phil did a show entitled Defunding the Police, a Failure or a Fallacy. And he did what he usually does. He tried to air both sides of the issue and give the people involved squishy treatment by agreeing with them up to a point. 
Now, one of the people that was on that show was a fellow by the name of Michael Denzel Smith. Now, Smith is a podcaster who is decidedly anti-police and told Dr. Phil and the audience that he doesn't see any need for the police. Naturally, Dr. Phil questioned Smith regarding that stance, and Smith said, and I quote, When I say, oh, I don't believe there's a need for the police, what I'm saying is that there has been so little investment in creating the conditions under which police would not be necessary, unquote. Now, I have no idea what that means, but Smith wasn't finished. He went on to state on national television, and again, I quote, People are the creations of the society in which they live in. If you're a society that has such massive inequality and you're a society that is based on racial and gendered hierarchies and you're a society that deprives people of the resources they need to live talking about housing, clean water, food, all of those things that are part of an equitable society, you're talking about people that will do desperate things in order to survive, unquote. And then Diane Smith said, and again I quote, you're not solving anything by arresting those people. You're not solving anything by shooting and killing those people, unquote. Well, what this man was actually doing was he was talking out of both sides of his mouth. <laughs> you know, he's saying one thing, there's no need for police. Oh, no, wait, I mean, we need better conditions where there will be no need for police. You can't have it both ways. Well, the society maybe. we live in well, needs I, I, police. I, I would tend to agree with you. And I think basically Dr. Phil agrees with you, too. But he did what he always does. He agreed with Smith up to a point telling Smith that he was correct regarding societal problems before challenging Smith on the notion that the solution is to simply remove the police from the equation. What Dr. Phil should have told Smith is that Smith is an idiot, left it right there, and gone to a commercial break. During the commercial break, he should have had Michael Denzel Smith and his audience watch the commercial break. That commercial break would have consisted of at least five ads, four of which featured nothing but black people, and one with a mixed-race couple. All the people in those ads would have been driving brand new thirty dollars to $40,000 cars, taking resort vacations in exotic places, going to spas and living in houses that cost a minimum of $500,000 in tree-lined suburbs. For the love of God, I'm willing to bet at least two of those families were able to afford to buy a dozen eggs at the grocery store without so much as blinking. Now, when they came back from the commercial break, Dr. Phil should have put YouTube videos on the giant screens behind him showing black thugs robbing stores blind, hauling out garbage bags full of merchandise that they didn't pay for right in front of security guards in broad daylight. They didn't even try the stuff on. And who in the hell needs 10 different coats of various sizes? Okay, I've got a video that shows exactly that embedded in the blog. As a matter of fact, I've got a lot of videos. The next one I've got 
is a video where we see a bunch of thugs stealing paper towels and detergent. Cartloads of paper towels and detergent. Okay? The third video is a couple stealing a $5,000 puppy from a pet store. Every day, day in and day out, we are regaled with videos just like these on the news, both local and national, but let's just go back to what Michael Denzel Smith told Dr. Phil, quote, people are the creations of the society in which they live in. If you're a society that has massive inequality, and you're a society that is biased on racial and gendered hierarchies, if you're a society that deprives people of the resources they need to live, talking about housing, clean water, food, all of those things that are part of an equitable society, you're talking about people that will do desperate things in order to survive. Did those thugs in the first video need those coats to survive, as Smith wants us to believe? No. Watch the video, and you'll notice that nearly every one of those thieves doing desperate things just to survive was already wearing a coat. How about the second video? Did those thieves robbing that grocery store blind? Were they taking bread, sandwich meat, bottles of designer water, milk, cereal, and eggs? Nope. They were stealing thousands upon thousands of dollars worth of paper towels and detergents. Now, on the off chance that there are any thugs out there listening to this tonight, and and they're, they want to steal from a store, please do the right thing. If you decide to rob a grocery store of things you might actually need to survive, such as the things I just mentioned, remember... The eggs go on the top. And how about the third video, Diane? Nobody needs a $5,000 puppy to survive. Hot dogs, yes, maybe. But not a puppy. And that wasn't Michael Vick running off with his future side gig either. No. Well, you know, Craig, everybody misses the whole point about why these people are doing what they do. Doing, why they are stealing thousands of dollars of merchandise. And it's very simple, because they're going to sell it and pocket the money. Absolutely. Back in 2021 alone, over $94 billion worth of goods were stolen in organized retail theft by what Michael Denzel Smith claims are people so downtrodden, so oppressed, that they have no other choice and they just do it to survive. Really? They have no other choice? How many videos have you seen where somebody takes off running from a retail location with a handful of job applications or a pair of work boots? Around the country, primarily in blue cities and blue states, retailers are closing their doors because they simply can't afford to remain open given the soft-on-crime approach that liberals are the champions of. And in those cities, the cops are not allowed to arrest people, causing the problem by stealing from stores. And in far too many such cities, there are now laws that say if you steal less than $1,000, you're good to go. The more this happens, the less police are allowed to do to stop it. The fewer and fewer places there will, will there be 
from which to steal. And then what? Who are the thieves really hurting other than their own neighborhoods, their own business communities, and the people who live in those neighborhoods who actually need access to goods and services and things like their medications from stores that are now shutting their doors for good? According to Michael Denzel Smith, black people are so oppressed, Diane, that they have no choice but to steal. If that's really the case, why don't commercials reflect that oppression? Why doesn't the next commercial break feature an ad for Nike Air Jordans showing a bunch of thugs ransacking a sporting goods store and running off with boxes of shoes they never tried on? Well, they don't show it because it doesn't meet the agenda. You have to show what meets the agenda and what raises your ratings. They will show some of these videos of the rioting and the looting, and they see a spike in their ratings. Other times, they won't show it because it might cause a decrease in their ratings. There's reasons behind every corner of why this type of thing keeps happening. And none of that is for good reasons. Well, I've got more questions, okay? Why isn't the family we saw in the last commercial break at Disneyland or on a cruise ship shown trying to break into the locked behind-the-glass display full of right guard deodorant? Because apparently you could work up quite a sweat running out of a Target with a big screen TV set. Why don't we see the mixed-race couple telling their two black sons and Asian daughter that today's the day we make a family trip from the suburb, leaving their $500,000 home in their brand-new $40,000 SUV for an afternoon of ransacking a pet store because little Jimmy wants a puppy? And why doesn't Mom tell Dad... On the way home, let's swing by the grocery store and pilfer thousands upon thousands of dollars worth of paper towels and detergent because, you know, new puppies can be messy. (laughs) Now, according to Michael Denzel Smith, if the cops didn't keep arresting thieves, thieves would quit stealing stuff, which, of course, is idiotic. Smith believes that the only things cops do is arrest or shoot people out of the clear blue which is equally idiotic. On the other hand, Smith never addressed what the harm is in allowing thieves and thugs to steal and what it does to the communities he claims are the hardest hit by what he claims is inequity and racism, because he knows that the harm is being done to the people who are becoming oppressed due to the activities of the very people he claims are already oppressed. Hmm. To be truly and honestly, uh, you know, to truly and honestly examine the depth of the idiocy involved, we need to go to yet another commercial break. People like Michael Denzel Smith, who scream for equity and demand an end to racism, are the very same people who insisted just a couple of years ago that Aunt Jemima and Mrs. Butterworth's images be removed from product packaging. Those are the exact same people who also demanded that the image of the Indian maiden be removed from Land of Lakes Butter because they were racist 
And it's why we now see so many black and other minority people in commercials. I'm telling you, Diane, the exact same people who screamed racism because a box of rice bore the image of Uncle Ben are now claiming that people like Senator Tim Scott, Congressman Byron Donalds, Dr. Ben Carson, and others are Uncle Tom's. None of them are Uncle Tom's. None of them at all. And, you know... You have to sometimes look at your TV set, folks, and really look at people in the commercials and also in sports because the commercials, including on Fox, the other night I was watching a Fox show and six commercials in a row were all black. Blacks make up 12.8% of the U.S. population. Right. And yet... They're dominating everything. The way they they now show black people, it's almost like they are the dominant race. Well, and I'm not talking anything except numbers wise. Yeah, they're not. You know, we're supposed to believe that the NFL is racist, but fifty eight percent of the players are black. The mm-hmm. NBA champions, Black Lives Matter, while ignoring slave labor and genocide in China. We're now supposed to believe that President Abraham Lincoln, of all people, was a racist. And according to the idiots out there, all of this would magically disappear if only there weren't any cops on the streets. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Let's forget about the organized retail thefts nationwide for just a moment and focus the attention directly where Michael Denzel Smith doesn't want it and where Dr. Phil was too squishy to take it. Between 80 and 90% of all homicides in our country involve people of the same race. Now, that is to say that 80 to 90% of white people are murdered by other white people, while the same percentage holds true for black-on-black murders. Regardless of what you see in commercials, only about 12.5% of Americans are black. But a full 66% of black kids are the product of a single-parent home. Statistics are fickle, and many can be spun to fit a given narrative. So let's take race out of it completely and ask what squishy Dr. Phil should have asked. Why do some people, regardless of the color of their skin, resort to crime while so many others don't? The answer is simple. Those who don't, regardless of the color of their skin, get an education, get a job, and earn the money necessary to purchase the things they want, and they understand that the harder they work, the more they can purchase. Those who don't commit crimes have self-respect, respect for others, and respect for what others have as a result of their education and hard work. Those who do resort to crime lack those basic elements. Crime will not go down if you have fewer police on the streets, nor will it diminish by having fewer ramifications as a result of committing crimes. No ramifications, no police, equals no accountability and only invites more criminal activity. The only reason we see people in video stealing stores blind is because they're being allowed to get away with it. And it's easier than getting a job. Now, 
if you'll forgive me, I've saved up and I bought a dozen eggs a couple of days ago, and I'm feeling just white privileged enough to make myself an omelet. Even though I can't afford to be as oppressed as the black people I see in TV commercials, I think I'll throw caution to the wind and use three eggs. (laughs) Put some spinach in there, mushrooms in there, and cheese, and you got a good omelet. Yeah, maybe a little ham, a little bacon, a little meat. Uh, No, 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 no. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, mean, we're, we're told... Constantly, constantly, by by people like this, Michael Denzel Smith, a blogger, yeah. we're, we're told by elected officials, we're told by uh, black entertainers, we're told by black athletes, just how oppressed every single black person in this country is, and yet you turn on the TV, and, and they're driving along uh, on a, a winding country road on their way to a ski yeah. lodge in, in a $50,000 SUV. Well, you know what it is? A certain segment of America's population continues to play the victim. The vast majority of black Americans are good, decent, hardworking people. They're like everybody else. They don't want to be signaled, uh, circled out and and put into this category of the underdog. They've achieved what they wanted to achieve in life. But they are allowing this minority of the black population to represent the entirety of the black population. And I don't get it. Well, you know, I mean, you would think that the majority of the black population would speak up, speak out, you know, and take a stand, but far too few do. You know, they they get their education, they, they get a job, they... They, you know, have a family. They they move out of the inner city because, well, because it's crime-ridden, and they they don't want to live there. Who can blame them? And you know what? The majority of black people do not live in the inner city. They live in the suburbs. They live in the city propers. They they're just they're just like everybody else. Right, but but you know, if if you go back a generation, maybe two generations, most of those families at that point. We're living in the projects. Most of those yeah. families yeah. Were, were living in the inner city. If it wasn't the projects, it was still an urban area. Okay. Yeah. Um, you know, but over the years, um, you know, they, they've gotten educations, they've gotten good jobs, they've gotten out of that cycle, and uh, and they've moved on. You know, and unfortunately, Maybe, and I, I, I don't know, but maybe they think, well, hey, look, I got out. That's not really my problem. I don't want to deal with it. But you know something? It's not their problem. People make their own problems. People become victims of their own ideologies. That's very well and said. When you, when you wake up in the morning and your skin color is the first thing that defines you, and you go to bed at night, with the skin color as the last thing that defines you, you've got the problem, not society. Stop blaming everybody else for your own inequities. And and it's just, it's mind-boggling that this is allowed to continue. And part of the group that's pushing this 
is the whole woke culture. Remember, it started with the taking down of statues, changing American history. It's it's not letting black people leave those chains behind. It's mentally trying to still chain them right. to the past. Well, tell me what sense it makes. Uh, you got to take Uncle Ben off the box of rice because, you know, it's racist to have a black guy pitching a product. But then you, you watch television commercials and it's almost all black people pitching products. So, I mean, where's, where's the... I, I don't I don't understand. I, I I guess to me it seems hypocritical. Well, I know with Aunt Jemima and Uncle Ben's those two individuals and there really were real people behind them. The images, their families are furious right. that their ancestor who worked hard and made a su- giant successes of themselves have now been thrown off their own product. Well, and and the artist who drew up the original Land O'Lakes Indian Maiden Mm -hmm. was himself a Native American. Exactly. You know, so, I mean, but but what sense does it make? You can't can't have, uh, you know, black women pitching pancake mix and pancake syrup. You can't have a black guy pitching rice, but you can have black women and black men pitching everything else. Well, you know what gets me also? <laughs> I don't get it. I'm going to go I'm going to go out on a limb with this one. Some of these black individuals who do make successes of themselves, but not in fields we normally think. I'm talking about rap artists and some sports figures and whatever. They're the ones, you know, that take a knee and call for equity and all this and that. But they do nothing to help their own people still living in Africa who are living in tribal societies. They forget where they came from. Well, it's it's called virtue signaling. Yeah. And it's I mean, really it's, tiring. Yeah, it's like, you know, pretend that you care, but don't really do anything. Exactly. <laughs> you know? Um, and every once in a while... You you come across uh, a a black athlete that gets it. I mean, really gets yes, it. You do, absolutely. You know, um, Charles Barkley can be a real clown. You know, mm-hmm. and, and when he was playing basketball, uh, he he was kind of Mister Tough Guy. And remember, he was on the nineteen ninety two USA Dream Team for the Olympics. Oh yeah, yeah. And you know, Barkley is a big man. I mean, he's not not necessarily overly tall, but he's he's a stout dude, right? And and in one game we were playing, I think Armenia, <laughs> and, okay. and we were just we were just wiping the floor with him. And Barkley comes down with a rebound, and there's this little guy, <clears throat> little Armenian guy guarding him, and Barkley swings around and sticks his elbow right in this guy's chest, and I thought the guy was going to collapse. Oh, you know, I mean, this and this guy had never been hit that hard in his whole life. Isn't that supposed to be a no-no? Well, it, it is, but you know, if you think basketball is not a contact sport, you're just not paying attention. Oh, okay. <laughs> you know, 
But Barkley, Barkley, you know, kind of swung his elbow around and just nailed this guy in the chest. And the guy is standing there holding his chest and gasping for air. And after the game, they asked Michael Jordan, so what was the deal with Barkley elbowing that little Armenian guy? And Bar- <laughs> Jordan's response was, Charles is Charles. There's just not a lot we can do with him. <laughs> okay. But years ago, Charles Barkley, he gets it. He said, for 50 years... Poor black people have been voting for Democrats, and they still poor. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and he gets it. He understands it. You know, but unfortunately, he's he's one of the few uh, professional athletes that actually gets it. Well, you know, the problem also kind of ties in with what I wrote about the blame game. You know, when all that affirmative action and all these handouts uh, for black people started to be given out. The idea was not the altruistic idea behind affirmative action and getting an education. It was to make them become more dependent on the Democrat Party, to make their, their themselves feel important and yet beholden at the same time. Right. And that set in motion what we're seeing today. It, it just, the, the problem compounds itself. Yeah. It, it, no, nothing has been solved because the government, the Democrat government, will not allow the problems to be solved. Well, if, they, sol- if they solved the problems, they'd be out of jobs. But when you think about it, the only problem is with the Democrats creating the problems. Right. It, it just, none of this makes any sense. Well, it whatsoever. does. It does if you read Rules for Radicals. <sighs> if, if you read Saul Alinsky, that is spelled out in there. You create the problem and then tell people you're the only one that can solve the problem. Yes. Yeah, that's, that's, you know. That's a basic, you know, that most of us learn in school. But it's beyond even that now, Craig. It's it's beyond beholding. It's almost like keeping black people in mental chains. That's exactly what it is. That's what it's always been meant to be. Yeah. Yeah. But it's getting worse today. It's getting worse than it's been in decades I, I agree. Folks, we've run out of time. Look yes, at that. We have. The old clock on the wall. Uh, if you want the commentary, TV ads oppress black people and omelets, go to thenationalpatriot.com or rspradio1.com. Either place, you can get the commentary and the link, read it, watch the videos. There's a bunch in there, and then share the link everywhere you can. Yes. And with that, we're plumb out of time. I guess, Craig, I'll just go back and hang things up in my closet. (laughs) Well, we started the show with you coming out of the closet. We end it with you going back in. Back in. Nighty-night, folks. (laughs) Good night, everybody. Have a great rest of the week. We'll catch up with you again on Friday. Bye-bye.